What's up, guys? It's Ace Coleman, and I'm here with the Champion Blueprint Podcast. And today's guest is Kyle Douglas. Kyle's from Ogden, Utah, and he's a professional archer. He's won many tournaments and titles, and he owns a bow shop. So, first off, how's your morning going? Oh, not too bad. Just getting ready to head down to the shop. So, right, cool. Um, so, how did you get started in archery? Um, I guess I started when I was a little kid, you know, ever since I was old enough, I just shot little, you know, toy bows and whatnot growing up with the little suction cup arrows and stuff. And then, um, just kind of graduated from there, you know, and I always kind of shot a bow and then, um, I started going to a kid's league, um, when I was young and, uh, kind of fell in love with it there, got hooked there. And then they talked, you know, the guys running the league talked me into going to a tournament one weekend and it just kind of snowballed from there we you know i i had a good buddy um court baird used to shoot a bunch with me growing up and then my brother colt um and we all just kind of started going to tournaments together and traveling around and it just kind of took off and we just went more and more and more so yeah that's awesome man yeah i wish i got started at an age where i could shoot suction cup arrows but um <laughs> that's 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 cool so um yeah um did you have like you talked about you know shooting with your brother um did you have like any coaches or mentors um that you can look back to and say this guy really helped me out when i was first getting started um yeah kind of you know the guys around the league um a guy by the name of lance gibson um he helped me out a bunch when i was getting started you know and just kind of showed us stuff and whatnot and we did some lessons with him and stuff just um you know because we didn't know anything so he just kind of helped us along as we went um, and then I actually did, um, Logan Wild helped me a couple times. Um, my dad had us take some lessons from him and he just kind of almost helped me with the, the transition of, you know, learning to work on my equipment and what I need to do to make my bow do what it needs to do and stuff like that. So that helped a bunch and just kind of jump started me there too. Yeah. So I know like Rio, they live in Pocatello, Idaho. Yeah. yeah so, so how, how far in are you from there? Here uh pocatel is about two hours or so but logan was actually living down here at the time um back when i was a kid he was i'm not sure what city somewhere down around like the salt lake area kind of um so we'd run down there and you know i took a handful of lessons from him awesome man that's you know one heck of a mentor (laughs) yeah i never had like a real you know like a coach the whole time you know i just kind of took a few lessons here and there from from some different guys and you, you just to just to kind of help you get over the hump a little bit faster you know you, you can learn everything on your on your own but it's a little bit faster sometimes if somebody can kind of shortcut it for you absolutely so, so um anyway uh what's the significant challenge that you faced um that let's say logan helped you with um getting over that hump Um, I would say the, the biggest thing he helped me with was mostly like, you know, knowing when it's you and when it's your equipment and how to set your equipment up to help you rather than hinder you. Um, you know, just little stuff like tuning stuff and bow setup and and making sure like draw length is, you know, perfect and things like that. And also like, you know, simple stuff when you're first started that you don't know, like, you know, we were, you know, shooting indoor at the time or whatever. And, and, uh, he's like, well, if, if you made a good shot and you didn't hit the middle, click your site, that's what it's for, you know? And then if it moves back later on, click it back. You don't need to just think, oh, it's me. I made a weird shot or something like that. You know, click your site, you know, there's no reason losing points and then click it back. If it comes back, just, just a small little stuff like that, you know, that you kind of get hung up on. 
um, was the big things. Yeah, for sure. Um, I heard Rio say that once at a tournament. He's like, you bought all the clicks in your site, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so what advice would you give archers that are young and they're like, you know, I kind of want to shoot in the pro class one day? Um, a big thing I would say for me is dedication. You know, you're never going to make it to the pro class without absolute dedication. You know, it's got to pretty much archery is going to consume your life if you're wanting to get to that point. Um, you know, it's not something that you can do, you know, one or two days a week and expect that kind of success out of it. It's something you're going to be doing every day. Um, and it's something that you really have to work towards. You know, if you just go out there and shoot every day, yeah, you'll get better, but it's not going to do what you need to do. You, know, you got to go out there with a purpose. You got to have things to work on um, and kind of have a plan to to work towards getting better. And, you know, it, another big thing for me is being able to self-analyze. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just do the same thing. You know, they're doing something that's not working, but they don't change anything. They just keep practicing, doing the same thing, expecting it to get better. You've got to be able to look at yourself and figure out, okay, if this isn't working, why am I screwed? Like, what is going wrong? Why is it going wrong? And how do I fix it? Um, and that's that's the way to get better. Absolutely. Well, like, I asked um, someone the other day, um, what are you doing to get better? And she said, uh, I'm practicing. And, like, she's going to kill me for talking about this. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, like... You know, I just kind of picked your brain a little bit, but yeah, absolutely. Making sure that you can like analyze, okay, what can I do to get better and really like zoning in, that's going to help so much. So, mm -hmm. um, okay. So what do you do to contribute to like, like health in your life? So like we can talk about your physical health, um, like relationships, like eating, stuff like that. Um, you know, I don't do anything too special. Um, you know, I, I, a big thing for me, I guess, archery and like nutrition and stuff like that. Um, you know, you, you try not to eat like tons and tons of junk food. I do have a pretty bad sweet tooth, as you can tell, you know. Um, but, you know, a lot of guys like going to tournaments, you know, people will go to a tournament and then they'll be like, oh, I got to eat super healthy because I'm at a tournament. And I have to try and perform and whatever. No, you need to do the same thing that you do at home every day. If you drink a Red Bull every morning, drink a Red Bull every morning at a tournament. You know, you don't want to do things that will upset your system and throw you off. You want to do the exact same thing that you would do um, as if it was a day at home practicing. Um, you know, mental health and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I feel like I have, I'm pretty lucky. I feel like I'm pretty strong in that aspect. Um you know, but a big thing like archery wise is just, you know, working on confidence and, and stuff like that. Um, that's a, a big thing that a lot of people struggle with. Um, but, you know, just you, you try and I guess if, when you're when you're shooting, you're shooting. You're not thinking about all the other things that are going on around you and whatnot. Um, you're there for a job and you're going to get that job done. You're not worried about what's going to happen, what you're going to eat for dinner, what happened last night. Um you know, you're, you're there to focus. And then once you're done shooting, then all that other stuff can, can come back in and you can worry about whatever you need to worry about. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what I do. That's awesome, man. So yeah, don't go to a tournament and just like pound a bunch of crap food and, um, yeah, work on <laughs> uh, your confidence. So wh yeah. what exactly, um, like if someone was struggling with their confidence, what would you tell them to do? 
Um, that's a tough one. Um, you know, you, there's, there's a lot of ways around it, you know, and, and it's something you're always going to have to work on. You know, there's a, a few different sports psychologists and stuff out there that can help with that. But a big thing for me is finding something, you know, if you're struggling with confidence, find something that you know you do well and kind of, you know, remind yourself of that. Um, and think of the the things that you do right. Um, and then just kind of start from there and just build it up. You know, say, say you do 99% of everything right. And there's one little thing that just keeps bugging you worry about the stuff that you're doing right. Um, and just keep building your confidence in that. And then slowly it will just start to get better and better and better. Um, you know, as you improve the things that you're working on, or, or even if you're working on something and you do it right once, focus on the one time that you did it right and try and repeat that, you know, think about the feeling of when you did it right, not what you did. Think about how you were feeling when you did it. Um, and then you, you try and dwell on that rather than the times that you do it wrong. Um, and then it'll slowly start to get better. It's a long process. It's not something that's easy for anybody. Um, but you try and focus on the good things the most that you can. Awesome, man. Yeah. I can imagine, especially if you're at a tournament, um, and you're focusing on like really like bad things you're doing, you're probably just going to snowball and, um, you know, suck, but yeah. yeah. So cool. Um, let's see here. Do you have any like habits that um, you do every day that um, like if you didn't do them, you would feel like your day is going off, you know? Um, God, I'm trying to think of anything. Nothing that like stands out off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure there's little things I just, you know, subconsciously sure. do the same every day, but nothing. I don't have like a extremely set routine or anything like that it's awesome man i mean that's the joy of life right so okay <laughs> we're going to get into some very detailed questions so if the viewers don't understand you know just dm me and we'll talk about it but um so a lot of guys like with the way you shoot a bow they think it might be odd or it might be like wrong or whatever can you explain how you shoot your bow, like what your shot style is and why it works so well for you? Yeah. So basically I'm a command shooter or a puncher or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm somebody that triggers the release when the sight picture is lined up the way I want it to be. I'm not shooting a hinge. I'm not shooting a surprise shot. Um, you know, when my brain says go, my thumbs, my thumb pulls the trigger. There's no hesitation, no delay, no nothing, which you know, a lot of people are going to say is the wrong way to do it. You can't do it that way. You're going to get target panic. Um, and you definitely can't rear when they've got target panic or started punching or whatever, but it just works for me. You know, I, I shot with a hinge or a, a back tension um, forever. You know, all as soon as I started into target archery, that's kind of what I got started with um, and learned that and just kept shooting it forever. And eventually I got to the point where I was really, really close to winning some big tournaments, but just never could quite seal the deal. Um, and one day it all of a sudden just clicked. It's like, you know what, if I could just shoot the bow when my pins in the middle, I'd never miss. And then it was just like, well, I can shoot the bow when the pins in the middle, all I have to do is touch the trigger. Um, and, and one day it just clicked and I switched and I did, it's just worked for me ever since, you know, and you're definitely fighting a different demon, you know, and with like a, a surprise shot, you're fighting like the dip bangs or not being in the middle when it goes off. Um, 
when you're when you're punching, you're worried about you know the anticipation and stuff like that. So that's definitely something you have to keep a close eye on. Um, and if it starts creeping up on you, you just got to nip it in the butt and get rid of it um, before it ever creates a problem. So and I, I still shoot essentially the same shot that I did with the hinge. You know, I'm still loading really hard into the bow. I'm pulling through the back wall really aggressively. Um, if you were to watch me shoot, you would most likely never know that I was punching the trigger because my thumb is usually wrapped all the way around the trigger and I'm just barely touching it off. Um, so, you know, there are, there's people that say I don't punch, but I, <laughs> I definitely do. Right. So how do you fight anticipation? Um, you just can't. I guess if you expect to get target panic, you're going to get target panic. I don't care what's going on. Um, so that's just not something that I let be a possibility. Um, you know, it, as soon as I start to get some anticipation or whatever, I just mentally just kind of conquer it. Like, you know what, no matter what happens on this shot, I'm putting the pin in the middle and I'm not shooting it until the pin's sitting in the middle the way I want it to. Um, and you just kind of overpower it, I guess. Um, it's something, you know, you don't let it be something that, that you're afraid of or that controls you. As soon as you're afraid of getting target panic, you're starting down a bad road. Absolutely. Now you're not saying target panic doesn't exist. You're just saying that if like, if you don't focus on it, like we talked about earlier, if you're focusing on the good things and what you can control, then you're, you don't have to worry about the bad things. So kind of, sort of yeah, you know, if you don't dwell on it, you're not going to give it a place to fester in your mind. And that's when it creates a problem. Um, so you just get rid of it before it ever is a problem you know and there's definitely certain people that it works better for than others you know you've got to have the right mindset um, and the right mental control to be able to um, be a command shooter it's not definitely not for everybody you know there's there's some people i know that have tried it and just crashed and burned really bad um, there's other people that i know that have tried it that it worked really well for you know it's probably not something that i would recommend for most people but there are a few of us that it does work really well for for sure so as far as your bow setup, what makes a setup shoot really well for you? Like what are the variables that you look at the most to make sure a setup is good? Um, I would say, you know, a big thing for me is forgiveness. I need a bow that I know if the pin's in the middle, that's where the arrow's going. Even if I happen to make a shot that's just a little bit weird or something. Um, so it, I guess if, if I'm setting up a bow, the most crucial things for me, um, draw length is number one. Draw length has to be absolutely on the money. Um, but draw length, loop length, and peep height are probably the three most critical things in a bow to me. Um, tuning matters, but not near as much as draw length does. Um, so once I get everything set up where the bow feels good, the holding weight's good, the draw weight's where I want it, um, you know, peep height, loop length, and draw length are all perfect. Um, you know, I do that through aiming. I'm, I'm adjusting those depending on what my aim looks like. Um, and then I work on tuning and I'll, you know, I'll start out with like a bullet hole and then I'll play with some things from there. Generally, I end up with just a slightly high left tear. Um, you know, there's a bunch of reasons, guys. There's a lot of guys that tend to run that as well. Um, and there's a lot of reasons different people think that it works. You know, one of the main ones is going to be that it, it sort of gives your arrow direction, you know, where if you're shooting a perfect bullet hole, um, guys will argue that say you make a little bit of a mistake on the shot. Well, that arrow could come out of there going right, could come out going left, up, down, who knows, because it was perfectly balanced to start with. Or if you're already coming out a little bit high left, it's still going to do that. It's just going to maybe get a little bit better, a little bit worse. 
um, because it kind of has a direction as it leaves the bow. I do think there's a little bit um, behind that, that that's kind of true. Um, you know, but honestly, I, for the most part, I can take a bow that shoots anywhere from a perfect bullet hole to a one inch tear, you know, whether it's left or high or whatever. And there's very little difference in the way that bow shoots, you know, and you're just trying to find the sweet spot. And there's a, a lot of it comes into play with the arrow, you know, you're playing with point weight, you're playing with veins. Um, I think, you know, big veins, um, and even like a four fletch will correct a lot of mistakes, um, you know, tune wise or shooter, um, and kind of help mask that. So I, I do feel like I can get away with a little bit less tuning when I'm running a four fletch, not that I do any less tuning, but say something changes on my bow and comes out of whack. I don't notice it as much as I do. Um, if I'm shooting something that don't have a lot of vein on it, or that's just very minimal, um, control on the back of the arrow. So, but yeah, the biggest thing I look for is something that I'm confident at home that I know, you know, they're, I can tell a difference when I'm shooting at home and practicing. I know whether my bow is ready to go win a tournament or not, or whether it's just going to shoot okay. Um, and a lot of that comes down to forgiveness. Awesome, man. Dude, like that's dropping bombs, man. Like um, <laughs> a lot of guys, that they'll tell you, you need to have a bullet hole. And I have probably, if I go back myself and I look at setups that shot the best, they were not perfect bullet holes. Like I can vouch for that. Yeah. So yeah, back the, yeah, the first time that I won Vegas, I actually had probably about an inch and a half tear, mostly left with a little bit of high in it. But yeah, it was just like an inch and a half tear the first time I won Vegas. But when I first set that bow up, you know, I'm shooting indoor, which tuning matters, but not as much. Um, when I first set that bow up, I just started shooting amazing right off the bat. I was in I was actually in a hurry to get to the range that night because it was gonna close. Um, so I just slapped my bow together, kind of eyeballed everything and went and shot it. Cause I just got the new bow and it shot amazing right off the bat. Um, so then I just never touched it after that. It was shooting so good. I never messed with it. And you know, the day before we went down to Vegas, everybody was checking all their bows and stuff at league night that night. And we were getting everybody's bows tuned up and whatnot. And they're like, why don't you shoot your bow through? I'm like, I don't care what my bow shoots through paper. It's shooting good. They're like, well, just shoot it. So I shot it through and that's what it tore. And everybody was like, you're really going to Vegas with the bow shooting like that. I'm like it, the bow shooting good. What is tuning it going to fix, you know? And, and it worked. Exactly. So I would definitely say that you're focused on the results, you know, the forgiveness and not necessarily like what you see, like through paper. So exactly. Yeah. I'm not a guy that everything has to be by the book. I care about what happens downrange and anyway, I got to get the arrow to the middle. I can get the arrow to the middle that way. You know, I don't have to have a bow that's perfect or a form that's perfect or shot execution that's perfect. You know, at the end of the day, if you put the most arrows in the middle of the target, you're going to win the tournament no matter how you do it. That's right. Awesome. So, well, you talked about the variables that you focus on the most, which is draw length, um, peep height, and loop length. So, what are the variables that you spend like? not that much time on um trying to think there's a lot of little things that you do to a setup to make really make it shoot well you know just small stuff from like you know maybe moving your your knock point up or down the string to see if it holds a little bit better in one spot or the other um you know i play with holding weight holding weight's pretty crucial for me um but i play with that some i'll play with um you know, just different things, maybe rest timing a little bit. Um, I'll play with torque tuning some. Some bows I've actually found that shot really, really well torque tuned. Other bows I've found that 
that didn't shoot quite as well. And I don't know what was behind that. Um, but lately I have been torque tuning everything and making sure that's, that's going good. Um, you know, even down to as small as stuff as like grip angle and things like that, you know, just trying to tweak every last little ounce of accuracy and hold that I can out of a bow. Um, I'm going to do that. So, you know, stabilizer weights and angles and, and all sorts of little stuff like that. So it, to really get a setup to, to perform the way it needs to, there's a lot of time spent getting things right. Um, and I tend to, you know, at the start of the season, I tend to spend a ton of time working on equipment, making sure things are perfect. Um, and once I get things going the way that I need to, I don't spend near as much time working on the equipment and focus more on me because I know if my bow is doing exactly what it needs to do and nothing has changed, it's not the bow's fault. It's my fault if something starts going weird. Words of wisdom. It's awesome. <laughs> so what is your definition of the mental game and what do you do to work on it? Um, definition of a mental game, I guess is just, you know, the mental state of mind that you have while you're shooting and how, how well you keep yourself under control. Um, there's, I guess, several things to the mental game for me. First thing would be knowing what your tendencies are when you get under pressure, everybody practices so that they're shooting well in practice. Um, there's actually been times where I'll shoot like the most perfect 30 X you've ever seen in practice. And I'll go tear my whole bow apart because I know it won't hold up when I get under pressure. So I know my tendencies when I get under pressure and I try and set up the bow or work on my form and stuff to kind of combat that, I guess, because I know when I get to the tournament, I'm going to be under pressure. I'm going to feel the nerves. I don't care who they are. If they tell you they're not nervous in the shoot off in Vegas, they're lying to you everybody's nervous out there. Um, but you just don't let it affect you. You know, you're going to be nervous. You shoot through it just like any other day and you don't let it take control over you. Um, so I guess the first part is making sure your equipment is set up to perform under pressure, not in practice. Um, second thing I would say, you know, is, is when you're shooting, um, you know, is, is trying not to let the bad thoughts come through. You know, you don't want to stand up there on the line and, Oh, I hope this one goes in the middle type of deal. You're, you know, you want to be, you know, confident. And, and for me, it's more aggressive, uh, kind of an aggressive mindset when I'm shooting, I guess I'm not really a, a super relaxed, smooth, easy shooter. I, I tend to load up super hard into my back wall, um, load really hard in the bow, put the pin in the middle and execute the shot. I'm not somebody that waits on the shot um, where I'm a command shooter. So to me, it's just kind of taking control of the situation and, and making it go the way that I want it to go and not, not letting the, I guess the, the bad thoughts creep in, trying to replace the bad thoughts with good thoughts. And, um, you know, confidence is always a huge thing. If you're not confident in yourself or in your equipment, it's going to be really hard to do well. Um, but as far as working on the mental game, you know, there, a lot of it comes in practice. You got to be know, knowing that you're shooting well and confident at home. Um, and also trying to, you know, even in practice, um, there's several things, you know, I'll, I'll do like, say, say I'm, you know, shooting at home and I've got a 30 X game going, I haven't missed any X's and it comes down to the last end. Maybe like there's been times where purposely I will try and hype myself up like, Oh, you're, you're in this tournament right now. You got to put these three arrows in the middle. If not, you're not going to win the tournament and try and get some nerves flowing and the blood pumping and stuff at home to know what I need to fix or work on. You know, a lot of guys they'll be shooting and they're like, Oh, I can't screw up my 300. I got the last three or whatever. So don't even think about it or whatever. 
And to me, I've gotten to the point now where I try and purposely think about all the bad things that I can in practice and try and like go the opposite of what I should and screw myself up and make sure that I can still shoot through that, even though what I'm thinking that way. Um, and then it helps me know, you know, what I need to work on, what I can do to overpower those thoughts and, and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people trying to, you know, shoot a perfect score and, you know, they'll, you know, perform the way they would at a tournament. But you go a step further by hyping yourself up and trying to trying to create anxiety and pressure to see what happens and then making adjustments from there if necessary. Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, when you get to a tournament, that's going to happen. So why would you try and make everything perfect in practice? You know, you're trying to replicate the tournament situation. And, you know, it, it's different for different levels of archers. If somebody's trying to shoot their first 300, don't try and screw yourself up when you get there. Just get that done. You know, but once you hit the level that you're you're expecting yourself to shoot perfect scores and you know that, you know, on a normal day, that's what you're going to do then try and throw that in the loop, you know, and, and try and make it so that you can, you can beat that, you know, you can still shoot a perfect score, even when you're screwing with yourself. And then you'll start to build confidence because you know, even when things aren't perfect, you can still do what you need to do. That's awesome, man. Next question. What is your favorite tournament victory? Um, I would probably have to say the first time I won Vegas is is the biggest one for me. You know, that was the first major tournament, I guess, that I'd ever won. I'd won a bunch of tournaments, but nothing like really, really big before. Um, so that was really cool. Just just all the support that I got from that. And, you know, that kind of changed the course of my career, course of my life, I guess. You know, I was just getting done with school. I was getting ready to graduate from college um, with a mechanical engineering degree. And the plan was just to kind of you know, get a job and be an engineer and do archery when I could. Um, and then once I won Vegas, it opened so many doors for me. It's like, you know what, I'm going to try and ride the archery thing out for as long as I can. And I guess I'm still riding it out. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Wh where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to Utah state. Cool, man. So did you just go for, um, like six years or so? Um, I think it took me, I remember four and a half or so. I took my first semester off that fall after high school. Um, then went to school and then I graduated in, uh, spring of 2020 from college. So awesome. Yeah. Right in the middle of COVID <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> man. So, um, do you think you can use your mechanical engineering expertise in the archery industry? Um, I definitely think so. Yeah. And a lot of what it taught me going through school was a different mindset, a different way to think about things. You know, you, you look at things as an engineer rather than as a consumer, I guess, and how things are built, why they're built the way they are and how to make them better. Um, so I, I'm always constantly thinking about stuff with my bow or my setups or whatever that, that I could maybe improve or do better. And a lot of times you'll see me with, uh, like some, who knows what, part on my bow that I built myself or whatever to make it do what I wanted it to do. Um, you know, it's been a long time since I've shot just a perfectly stock bow. So I, I do think that helps, um, you know, with that stuff. And I do think, you know, potentially someday maybe that could lead to a job in the industry, having a degree and being a shooter and stuff like that. Um, so. Yeah. 
Awesome. So, so you own a bow shop. What's it like trying to balance providing a great shop experience with preparing for tournaments? Um, you know, that one's tricky for me. That one turns into a lot of early mornings and late nights, especially during the busy season, you know, like during the summer when the shop is, is really humming, um, you know, it's not a normal day for me, you know, show up to the shop at say six in the morning and not leave till midnight. You know, it's turns into a lot of long hours trying to, you know, make sure that I shoot enough to where I'm prepared for tournaments and making sure that I get everybody else's equipment, you know, ready for them you know, in a timely manner. And, um, you know, now I'm starting to get to get to the point where I've got another guy working for me. My dad helps me a bunch of the shop. Um, and I, I can start to rely on those guys to help me as well, especially as the shop grows, I kind of need some help to go along. Um, but yeah, it's just a, it's just a total grind when the shop's busy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm somebody that's always trying to help others and trying to, you know, it, it kills me when I make somebody wait for me to get their bow done. If I've got bows hanging on the, the rack in the shop that need to get done, I just stay there until they're done. Um, so it, it's definitely burning the candle at both ends, but you know, you make it work or whatever you got to do to make it work. You do. Just have a very long candle, I guess. <laughs> you hope. Yeah. So how much do you feel like you need to practice before you go to a tournament? You know, that that really depends on what I'm doing. You know, on if I'm working on equipment, if everything's going the way it needs to, and I'm just practicing, you know, just to kind of maintain. Um, I would say, you know, the the most time I spend shooting is when I'm trying to dial in a setup or rework a setup. Um, I spend a ton of time working on that and making sure that everything is perfect. If I feel like my bow is doing whatever it needs to do. Everything is perfect with the bow. I feel like I'm shooting really great. Then I kind of back off and don't shoot as much. I feel like you can almost overshoot if you're doing really well. Like if I'm, if I feel like I'm shooting amazing, everything's working perfect. I may only shoot for an hour or half hour, whatever a day, just to maintain, you know, keep my muscles in shape, keep that, I guess, keep in the rhythm of everything um, and just kind of keep things flowing smooth where if I'm working out kinks or I've got, you know, stuff form wise I'm working on, um, I'll spend a lot of time at the range. You know, I may be there shooting for four, five, six, eight hours um, if I need to. So it totally varies depending on the time of year and, and how I'm feeling about my shooting. You know, if I if I have a tournament coming up and I don't feel like I'm shooting the way I need to. I spend hours and hours and hours at the range trying to really get things figured out because there's no sense me going to a tournament if I don't feel like I'm ready. Um, so I try and spend a ton of time preparing. But if I feel like I'm shooting at the very top of my game, everything's going well, I don't need to keep shooting because I feel like you can overshoot and almost make it get worse because you start overanalyzing everything rather than just you know shoot a few arrows, keep that flow going, um, and just roll that into the tournament. Wow. It's a great balance, I'm sure. So, okay. So you've accomplished a lot in archery and, um, I'm sure you shoot a lot of really high scores in practice. So how do you continually focus on improving your game? There's always something to work on. You know, I'm never satisfied with everything I'm shooting. In fact, I can't remember. I don't know if I've ever shot a tournament where I, where I thought I couldn't have done any better there. You know, there's always 
times when you can shoot better. You know, you shoot a 30X, you could have shot one that was tighter groups. You know, I'd, I shoot a 30-something up score at ASA. Well, there was still a couple out there that you missed that you could have got. Um, there's always room for improvement. I've never shot a round where I didn't feel like I could shoot that any better. So I'm always trying to work towards that and and improve things and get it better. And in practice, there's always things that, you know, I'm, I'm constantly working on little stuff that I just, you know, out of nowhere just kind of creeps in on you and you start doing things wrong or whatever. And you're always trying to just correct those and keep working to get better. Um, I don't care who you are. You're, you're making mistakes. Nobody's perfect. So um, I'm always just trying to work on every little thing that I can to try and improve my game, you know, and, and I'm trying to step up. I'm trying to, trying to, you know, push the game farther and, and trying to hit that next level, just like everybody else's, you know, there's, there's always something out there better, you know, nobody shot a perfect 40 up round at ASA yet, you know, so I'm trying to push myself towards something like that. Um, you know, and then once somebody does that, then it's going to be an 80 up. Um, there, there's always room for improvement to get better. Awesome. Yeah. So like in practice, do you like keep up with inside out X's like on a Vegas face? Not really. No, but you can tell, you know, when you're shooting around, you can really tell if you're absolutely just pounding the middle out or if you're just catching the edges. Um, sure. You know, not like it makes any difference in score, but it definitely makes you feel better when you shoot one that you're just pounding the inside out of the X ring um, all day. For sure. Okay. So, so do you ever find yourself like just showing up for a little while and you're just not seeing any growth? Um, like in practice and stuff? Sure. Yeah, so there's there's definitely days I'll go to the range, and whether I'm, you know, super tired or whether something else is going on or who knows what, that you just get there and nothing is productive. You don't feel like you're getting anywhere. You're just shooting almost just to shoot. Um, you know, some days there's just no point, you know, you might as well turn around and go home rather than make things worse. Other days I feel like I can get it turned around and, and, you know, tell myself, why are, why am I here? Why am I doing this if I'm not trying to get better? Um, and then I can kind of turn around and, and actually work on stuff. So I'll, I'll kind of try that first. If there's nothing I can do and I'm just kind of down and out that day for whatever reason, I might as well just go home because I'm not going to get anything accomplished while I'm there. You heard it from the man himself. You can take <laughs> breaks. So, um, yeah, we have a few questions from the audience that we'll go ahead and run through, and I'll shout out those people. Let's see here. Right. Okay, Cody Krug says, what tip weight running for indoors, running 225 out front, but switching to 125, 150? Could be more forgiving. So... Yeah, what tip weight are you running indoors? So for indoors, um, on my triple X's, I've been running 200 grains for the tip weight. And then on my nine threes, I, I believe I've got like 180 in those. Um, so it, typically anywhere from 150 to 200 is is what I will run for indoors. And um, I have an additional question to layer on top of that. Um, how, how long are your arrows for um, spots? Um, they're short. I can't remember the exact measurement. I want to say they're carbon to carbon is like somewhere around 25 or so. Um, super sure. short. They're just, just barely past my rest a little bit. Um, so I never really measure my arrow length. I just cut them a little bit past my rest and whatever it is, it is. Awesome. So 
Um, a lot of guys you'll see, especially indoors, they'll run like super long, you know, like if it falls off, they can put it back on their blade or whatever. So, um, what's the advantage of running so close to your rest? Um, for me, I just feel like I get a little bit more forgiveness out of it that way. Um, there's a lot of different theories behind it. You know, Gillingham is kind of the one that got me started on that. And it's just always worked really well for me. Um, and kind of something that, that we tend to think is that, you know, you get that tip weight a little bit closer to your rest and it doesn't have as much leverage. So if things get out of alignment on your shot, it's easier for your rest to steer that arrow as it's leaving because it doesn't have all that leverage. It's not way out of whack um, to start with. So it can correct a little bit easier. You know, I do believe that that kind of makes a little bit of a difference. Um, but I've always just found short arrows to shoot good for me. I've never had a reason to run a longer arrow. Um, mine have always been super forgiving. I agree with that personally. So, um, Isaac Bedford says, why hasn't he shot a deer yet? <laughs> it's not for a lack of trying. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell me about like, uh, your hunting season so far. Um, we started out here in Utah. I went up opening weekend with my brother, um, helped him shoot a bull here opening weekend. He was kind of up to bat first this year. So we got his out of the way and then had to go to a tournament the next weekend. Um, and then I think after that, I went up to Idaho deer hunting, um, found a really solid buck up there. Just never could quite get him killed. Um, got real close to one day. I think it was within about 50 or 60 or so. And a storm rolled through and the wind started tumbling and doing weird stuff and blew out on me there. Um, and then late, lately I've been hunting Montana for elk. Um, and I, I've been real close a few times, just haven't quite had things line up. It's been a rough year. You know, everywhere I go, it seems to be a ton of people and not very many elk. So we'll get her figured out. One of these days I'll get narrow in something. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> um, I'm sure you will. So Sean Schaefer says, what does his sight picture look like going through his process after anchor? Um, side picture, I guess. So I, I try to come down from the top, um, you know, and relax down into the target rather than come in from the bottom. So I'll kind of anchor, settle in. Um, usually about the time I'm anchoring, it seems like my pins kind of come into the center of the target. Um, from there, I try and direct my focus to the target instead of my pin. Um, and it's different for different things, I guess. 3D aim is totally different than, say, indoor aim. Um, indoor aim, I'm just staring a hole through the middle. The pin kind of floats around and does what it does. Um, and basically, my sight picture is what's going to fire the shot for me. So as soon as my as soon as my pin kind of comes in, you know, it's floating, it's floating, it kind of centers up and slows down in the middle. Boom, my shot fires. Um I'm not sitting there waiting on it forever. As soon as it settles up and gives me the sight picture I like, it's gone. 3D, you're kind of more of picking spots to aim at, and it's kind of coming on and off more. You know, you're you're trying to go two inches above this arrow and three inches left of this crease line or whatever. Um, so it's more of a dynamic aiming process, I guess. It's not just stare at the target and let the pin center itself. Um, but essentially for me with my shot style, the sight picture is what's going to fire the shot. As soon as my brain sees the sight picture that it likes, Boom, my thumb touches the trigger and the arrow's gone. Awesome. So um, I have one final question um, concerning with how you shoot. Um, how, like, do you, like, smack the button or do you just, like, kind of set your thumb on it, like, slowly or do you just, like, move it really fast? 
Um, so usually my every now and then I get one where there's a little gap between my thumb and the button, but normally on almost every shot, um, my thumb will be resting on the trigger just with a, a very light amount of pressure on it. Um, and then when, when, when everything lines up on the side picture is the way it needs to be, my thumb just touches it off. So it's just, just barely has to just touch it off because it's my trigger set really light. I've already got just a little bit of pressure on there, you know, kind of in the pad of my thumb there. Um, and then when my brain says go, my thumb just touches it and it's gone. Awesome. So, so where can people find you on social media? Um, Instagram and Facebook, I guess is where I'm at. Um, I believe Instagram would be Kyle.Douglas1. Um, Facebook is Kyle Douglas Professional Archer. Um, you kind of look me up there. So I'm not the greatest at social media, but that's definitely one of the goals is working on that and getting things better. So hopefully you guys should see some more stuff coming from me here soon. Awesome, man. Well, it was a pleasure to have you on today and um, I hope you have a good rest of your day, man. You too. Thanks for having me.